Book of Serenity, Case 49, Dongshan Holds a Memorial Service. Dongshan held a memorial service for Yun Yan before his portrait. He mentioned the portrait story and a monk asked, what's the meaning of Yun Yan, saying, just this person. Dongshan said, at that time, almost misunderstood my master's true meaning. The monk said, I wonder whether or not Yun Yan really knew the matter. Dongshan said, if he did not know the matter, how could he say it like that? If he knew the matter, how did he dare to say it like that? Hung uh, Shu's verse, how could he say it like that? In the third watch, the cock crows, dawn for the forest of homes. How did he dare to say it like that? The thousand-year-old crane grows old with the pine and the clouds. The jewel mirror, clear and bright, shows absolute and relative. The jade machine revolves, see them both show up at once. The way of the school is greatly influential, its regulated steps continuous and fine. Father and son change and pass through, oceanic is their fame. Please sit comfortably. Tonight's story comes from Hongshu's uh, 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 collection of uh, Khan's verses uh, called The Book of Serenity. Hongshu, Zhongshui Tiantong, as was his nickname, lived from 1091 to 1157. He was a towering figure in the Saodong school, the Chinese forerunner to the Japanese Soto school. Hongshu established the practice of silent illumination and wrote poems to convey his profound experiences inspired by that practice, one of which, a guidepost of silent illumination, we chant in our sender, uh, as well as in Sushin. Hongshu left a rich teaching legacy which included a set of 100 poems on selected Chan uh, stories. These were taken up by a later Saodong master, Wonsong, Xingquin, who lived from 1166 to 1246, who added commentaries to them and helped to create what became known as the Book of Serenity, which was published in 1224, and from which tonight's case is taken. The provenance of this great Khan collection is interesting. The first draft of the book was lost due to disturbed conditions in the north of China brought about by the Mongol invasion. Uh, the statesman Yalu uh, Chukai, during his extended stay at Genghis Khan's headquarters in Mongolia, helped to mitigate the harshness of Mongol rule. Yalu, who was a Zen student of Wonsong, uh, studied the drafts of the Book of Serenity that Wonsong sent him. Wonsong was adding commentaries to Hongzhou's original text. And uh, uh, the statesman Yalu uh, urged uh, his teacher Wonsong to complete the book. Um, all this urging was going on at a great distance. Um, yeah. 
It's, it is said that various drafts of the Book of Serenity were read around campfires at night by the Mongol soldiers. I, I love that image. The, the, the drafts would arrive on, on horseback and, and they would be distributed and, uh, um, and they would be read and discussed around the campfires uh, at night. Um, I imagine Yellow, the statesman, sending letters to his teacher, urging him to get on with the task of writing the commentaries to the koans that uh, Hong Xiu had collected and the poems that he had written in response to them. The letters and responses would have been delivered on horseback <coughs> somehow, like the Pony Express, the Dharma always gets through. <laughs> so the Sardong School, uh, which became Soto in Japan, um, is the great feed stream of our Diamond Sangha tradition. Um, if we go back uh, up through the uh, lineage, we come on the, those uh, renegade Soto masters of the Sunbo Kyodan, uh, uh, Yasutani and uh, Harada, who uh, Soto in Japan at that period uh, had separated itself from uh, the matter of doing koan uh, work and was entirely focused on shikantasa, whereas Rinzai in Japan was um, pretty much entirely focused on koan work. So these were kind of, in a way, they were protecting their brands uh, by not mixing it up. But um, uh, Harada uh, worked, went and worked with a uh, Rinzai teacher uh, called Dokatan, who worked on the Kaan Mu, and then um, after many years of working on Mu with him, uh, had awakening and then uh, proceeded through many, many other Kaans. And uh, his student Yasutani uh, likewise um, brought Kaans into the Soto. Um, so, in a way, this is uh, a recreation of the original uh, Sardong um, line in China, which uh, had both silent illumination uh, and Koans, uh, so it, in a way it gets recreated and Diamond Sanka also continues that with its um, uh, work with Koans and with Shikantaza. The origin of the name uh, Sardong has long been in question. One opinion is that it is a portmanteau of the first character of Shan's name and that of his teacher Dongshan. Another is that Sao refers to Sao Shi, where the sixth ancestor taught for most of his life. The latter account was used to establish direct descent of the Saodong line from Huaynang, the sixth ancestor, <coughs> and thus prove its masters to be authentic successors. Soto uh, Saodong was always reaching back into the past to, for, to legitimise itself. And there's a great text called The Transmission of the Lamp, of the Light, uh, collected by uh, Kezan, uh, which traces an image all the way back to the Buddha himself. Mm. 
But we come to our main protagonist tonight, uh, Dongshan. Uh, Dongshan Liangzhi, who lived from 807 to 869, was a great teacher among great teachers during the flowering of Chan Buddhism in the Tang Dynasty. He went on pilgrimage as a young man, engaged with some of the foremost teachers of his era, finally settling down with Yunyang Tangqing, uh, under whom he had his initial awakening. Uh, Dongshan established his own centre on Cave Mountain, Dongshan, uh, in Hongzhou. He had 26 successors, the principal ones being Shan Benji, and Yunju Daying. Dongshan continued what came to be called the Sardog Line, uh, which continues down to us per medium of the Japanese master Ehe Dogen who lived from 1200 to 1253, who brought the Saodong line to Japan in the 13th century, where it became, it came to be called Soto, one of the major streams of Zen that comes down to us today. Dongshan's teaching style was often dark, elliptical and subtle. His enigmatic expressions gave his students little to cling to but nonetheless nourished generations of them down to the present day. The ninth century is a long time ago, uh, yet regarding this marvellous koan and other Sardong koans like it, there is, almost, there is no time barrier at all. So the story goes that Dongshan held a memorial service for his teacher, Yun Yan. Uh, a memorial service is one way we honour those who have died and express our love and gratitude to them um, for the gift of their life and for their teaching. Uh, we do this for Aiken Roshi, the founding teacher of our lineage. Characteristically in the ceremony, uh, we place a photo of him on the altar and current teachers and Sangha members offer stories and memories, expressions of gratitude and uh, also presentations of the Dharma itself. It's very moving to watch a, a film of Aiken Roshi's life and see uh, photographs and that, and uh, a strong sense of presence of that and connection that that develops uh, in Sangha. Uh, but, uh, tonight's story is from 1,200 years ago, but there's probably very much in common uh, here. So in tonight's story, uh, there was a portrait of the old teacher Yun Yan, uh, Dongshan's teacher on the altar, most likely a brush painting of him, looking particularly gnarly and scurrilous. <laughs> Dongshan, uh, his student but now a teacher, faced the portrait of his old teacher and remembered an exchange between them uh, from just before his teacher died. This exchange, which we call the portrait story, uh, goes that, just prior to leaving his master Yun Yan, Dongshan approached him and asked, if after many years someone should ask if I am able to portray your likeness, how should I respond? And now traditionally a disciple was only allowed to draw his master's portrait when the master had acknowledged that the disciple had received transmission. Uh, and creating a portrait here of the old teacher also meant conveying, the meaning here is that the portrait is the conveying of the old teacher's 
Dharma. Um, so in terms of the proper transmission of the way, the student should have transmission before doing that. All, all There's a lot of background here, um, but that's the gist of it. So uh, Dongshan uh, asks, if after many years someone should ask if I'm able to portray your likeness, how should I respond? Having remained quiet for a while, Yun Yan said, just this person. Uh, Dongshan was lost in thought. Yunyan said, Jie um, Acharya, having assumed the burden of this great matter, you must be very cautious. Dongshan remained dubious about what Yunyan had said. Later, as he was crossing a river, Dongshan glimpsed his own reflection in the water below and experienced a great awakening as to the meaning of the previous exchange. He immediately composed the following gata. Taking heed not to seek it elsewhere, as if it were distant from myself, I now go on alone, yet I meet him everywhere. He is now exactly me, but I am not now him. You should meet in this way, for only then can you realise thus. These are the words of a teacher who has begun to teach. It's a magnificent verse, and uh, I don't normally recommend lots of memorization, but it's a verse worth memorizing. Uh, it doesn't exhaust itself through repetition, and there's a very, very deep tone at the core of the verse itself, which, uh, when you know the verse, in a sense, you carry the, the tone. Uh, immensely rich. Very interesting, you know, when Yunyan gets asked the question, um, you know, if after many years someone should ask if I'm able to portray your likeness, how should I respond? He's totally silent. So it may just be that. Or maybe there is some some doubt uh, here. Something like, uh, did I hear you right? Are you suggesting that I acknowledge you as a teacher? Hmm. Uh, this is risky territory for the student uh, and it is poison to ask about this matter. So, possibly that. For the teacher, uh, it's often a demur lasting years while the student matures. So this matter is very delicate. Uh, a long demur by the teacher. Uh, maybe the old teacher was just uncertain about how to reply. Yunyan had a reputation for not being bright and he had a long and arduous uh, struggle uh, 
to awaken, which went on 20, 30 years of arduous work and rebuffs and rejections and a sense that he was just not, not up to it. Um, so at times there feels like a kind of slowness, like it's in a sea of lost connections at times. So maybe it was just that. But finally he says simply, just this person. It doesn't really, in a way, in a formal term, doesn't, doesn't answer the question, you know, at all. Uh, do I have your permission to portray If someone asks me, do I have your vision? Just this person. <laughs> yeah. So simple. And so apparently not addressing what's there at all. Yeah, what is just this person? In, you are invited in and uh, included in just this person. We all are. You, just as you are, are tired, end of a long day in Sushin, maybe struggling, maybe hot, maybe getting some relief at last. Yeah, who are you right now? Just this person here isn't focused on uh, numero un, uno here uh, at all. It's not like uh, uh, just this person. It's very important. Person. This is not the not the spirit here. Although each of us is completely unique, unrepeatable, utterly different uh, from anybody else. There's a great Hasidic uh, story. Uh, the Hasidic teacher, his name I can't remember, but I think the story takes place in Warsaw. And he was being fated by his congregation who were gathered around his carriage and urging it on through the festival crowds. You've got this very interesting image but it was horse-drawn carriage, but everyone was there and also pushing the carriage and being part of the celebration, pushing the carriage along. Um, at a certain point, uh, the rabbi descended from the carriage and joined his congregation in pushing the, the carriage through the streets. Uh, on being asked what he was doing, he said, the celebration was so warm and inviting, I thought I'd join in and <laughs> help it along. Yeah. And this is very much the spirit of the way. Uh, this is when numero, how do you say it, numero uno is out of the way. And with realisation, we're no longer enthroned uh, as numero uno. When the ego loses its grip, we dance with all beings, including them all. Uh, including, we include them all and yet are one of the mob and all at once. 
Yeah. Yeah, part of the celebration. We also do what we can to heal our suffering planet, to support our families, our kin, friends and colleagues in the spirit of um, what might help here. This is David Law is really strong on this uh, in activist work. Um, yeah, what could help here rather than, in a sense, coming into a situation and, and trying to organise it or shape it? How can I be of assistance? There's a strong element of not knowing mind in this too. Well, the problems are immense. <coughs> Where do we start? You know, what, what could we do? What might help? This is very much the, the spirit of, the, of awakened mind as well. Uh, no accident, um, David Law is a sin teacher. In essence, the suffering world is not other than our true face and our true home. Back in the dialogue, um, there's a more to this, to just this person. In response to Yunyan saying, just this person, uh, Dong Shan was lost in thought. Yeah, this story is so telling, it's so honest to the occasion. The teacher is perhaps not sure how to respond to his student's question, finally saying, just this person, and the student in turn is silent, caught up in his own doubts about his teacher's response. There is none of this um, sword-flashing kind of uh, Dharma combat style. This is about as low-lit as it gets. Silences, doubts, uh, yeah. But finally, Yun Yun uh, breaks the teacher, breaks the silence. He says, Jia Acharya, having assumed the burden of this great matter, you must be very cautious. Chinese is terrible. Che is shorthand for Dongshan's family name, Liangjie. So he's just calling him by a short form of his family name. Uh, Acharya uh, mean, can mean teacher or learned person, scholar or someone senior in the Dharma. And it's uh, pro quite properly, it's quite ambiguous here as to what the meaning is. Keeps all of those meanings in play. So it's sort of, res it, it's respectful in the fact that it doesn't clinch the matter at all. So he says, uh, having assumed the burden of this great matter, you must be very cautious. And this phrase, having assumed the burden, was a medieval Chinese legal expression used when a criminal acknowledged his crime and personally accepted responsibility for it. So this is some, um, yeah, having assumed the burden. interesting this lining up of teaching and criminality. Uh, the Zen teacher steals delusions, steals everything not nailed down. Uh, so you come to Doc Sam with a Khan response and the teacher says, well in my own interest, not that way. And you come back again and the teacher says, not that way. And it goes on and on uh, like that. It's a, like a kind of flensing process. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah. You're stealing everything not nailed down, to use John Tarrant's great expression for that. So any response not nailed down, well, off it goes. So the old teacher here is saying to his gifted student, if you take up the burden of the great matter, if you realise your true nature and confirm it, you do carry a responsibility uh, with that. Uh, liberation brings responsibility. Freedom uh, brings a responsibility. I mean, this has many aspects in Zen, but one is that I think more than ever, you know, you may realise your unbounded nature, but you also realise that you have to take responsibility for yourself, your bounded, embodied self. Uh, the two go al along together very, very beautifully. Um, that sense of not blaming others would probably be the most obvious expression of that. It's, um, you take responsibility, and it's a, after a while it's a huge relief not to blame others, which leaves a difficult residue and affects your relations with them and all of that. But... It relates to personal integrity and notions like that, which may seem surprising against the background of a, a realisation experience where uh, you are uh, without skin, without skull, uh, without idea. And yet it gives birth to something quite embodied. There should be, a, I often propose, there should be a moratorium after the age of 30 for bl blaming your parents for the things that went wrong in your life. Uh, maybe we could arrange some moratoriums, uh, you know, f on, on that kind of blaming. We all have it. I mean, this is not, this is not blaming you. It's that we should all share this uh, matter. The lines get far apart here. <laughs> Um, Dongshan remained dubious about what Yin Yan had said. Um, he has the courage of his doubts. Uh, Zen, almost alone among spiritual paths, honours doubt. Uh, in working with Mu, uh, women writes, make your whole body a mass of doubt. Yeah. Allow all of those doubts and uncertainties. That's just fine. You just plough them in and they kind of get embodied too. What is Mo? What is it? Mo. Mass of doubt. <laughs> If you're a true person of the way, uh, you'll be like Dongshan, no doubt working on the koan. Uh, what did he mean by just this person? Okay. As with Mu, uh, in this case, which is a one-word koan or no-word koan in a way, this is a three-word koan, just this person.
later, as he was crossing the river, uh, Dongshan glimpsed his own reflection in the water below and experienced a great awakening as to the meaning of that previous exchange with his teacher. And he wrote a poem to honour that uh, occasion. Taking heed not to seek it elsewhere, as if it were distant from myself. I now go on alone, yet I meet him everywhere. He is now exactly me, but I am not now him. You should meet him this way, for only then can you realise thus. I'm taking heed not to seek it elsewhere, as if it were distant from myself. Is this distant from myself? Is the wall distant from myself? Is the umbrella distant? There's a wonderful um, Mark Edwards' daughter, Veronica, when she was very little, um, about seven, same age as my grandchildren, um, are sitting outside at night and uh, Mark pointed up and said um, to the moon in the sky and he said, Oh, that moon is a long way away. And Veronica said, Daddy, it's just there in the sky. <laughs> There's some spirit of the Dharma in, in Veronica's response there. Yeah. No near or far in the Dharma. Let go of inside, let go of outside. Let go of near, let go of far. And when you do, uh, who are you? If we seek awakening out there, uh, one oasis after another dries up at our approach. Uh, if you seek it in here, that's a problem too. The problem, it's important not to become an earnest seeker. Uh, the seeking is fine. Uh, you know, what is it? What is it? What is it? But the questioning gets ploughed under. You know, it, you, don't, you don't create a, a personage, a personality out of your seeking. You don't make yourself into a battler either, which is not so fashionable these days, but uh, used to be. Um, where you create the character type uh, and in a way it protects you from practice and it protects you from commitment in a way. So you don't freeze it, so don't worry about being a seeker. Uh, you just plough the question in. You continue to renew the question and whatever it is you seek uh, simply becomes fodder and is ploughed under. He writes, uh, I now go on alone. Uh, truly, uh, in our essence, each one of us is all alone in the universe, unbounded by skin, skull or ideas. When you walk, the universe takes a stroll. Yet I meet him everywhere. Uh, Dongshan is all alone in this way, Yet in the same breath he meets his 
old teacher everywhere. In his own reflected face, in the cry of the water birds, in the dark groves lining the banks of the stream. You meet that one pale sky of approaching dusk, the people in the dojo, the blue sculpture on the glass, the green carpet, refuge of all Zen teachers, the green carpet. You meet, uh, uh, he says, and yet I meet him everywhere. Uh, him, her, it. Uh, choose your own expression. No words cut it anyway. Uh, there are no words for it. So him is as good as her, uh, and her is as good as it. So choose your own poison. Uh, he is now exactly me, but I am not now him. The beauty of, of this is in part, it's not like I am exactly him, but it's sense of reaching this way to grasp or to own. Uh, the beauty and the wonder and the sheer wonder is he is now exactly me. It is not under the control of me at all. It's embraced from... So this, the generosity and the grace of this is huge. And in the same breath, but I am not now him. There is no gap here at all. There is no gap. But I am not now him. Quite different. He's wearing a blue T-shirt. Um, uh, and I've got my, my Dockers um, jacket on. Not tonight. <laughs> but, you know, clear distinctions in the same breath. Whitman says, um, do I contradict myself? Uh, very well, I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. <laughs> I love the spirit of that, but it is the spirit here too. I am large. I contain multitudes. Do I contradict myself? Well, and in Zen we learn to live Contrary, the contraries of things. Uh, my friend Chris Conrad uh, said to me recently, look, you should feed some of your koans into computer and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I said to you, uh, Jared, um, and you said, you blow up the mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, you know, we actually lived the contradictions, uh, which, is, which is beautiful and powerful. And we don't have to do a thing about it. It's not something summoned up intellectually or anything. We just live it uh, in all its power. Uh, you should meet in this way, for only then can you realise thus. This is uh, true meeting. The other is no other than yourself, but you are not now that person. So the, the story uh, goes, Dongshan held a memorial service for Yun Yan before his portrait. He mentioned the portrait story and a monk asked, what is the meaning of Yun Yan saying just this person. Yeah. Is there a meaning to just this person? You know, the meaning does not reside in the fact itself. Just this person. Where is the meaning? Just this Perfectly clear, um, the sky shines through. Uh, yes, there is a kind of meaning, but this is not the point here. This whole section, this whole interchange, is like the universe um, um, doing pillow talk with itself. Just this person, just this person. Just this person. Dongshan said, at that time I almost misunderstood my master's true meaning. Just this person is so lucid, so simple, transparent, that Dongshan, looking back on that, said, I, I, I missed it. It's so soft. And unassuming doesn't impose to such an extent. Yeah, I almost missed it. So light, so transparently clear. And again, I almost misunderstood my master's true meaning is similarly like that. You know, in a way, the very means of communication are completely empty. This has the most profound consequences for the way. You should resist the temptation to feel that anything that falls out of your mouth is it, though. <laughs> there is some compunction here, too. Then the monk said, rather forward, I think, for a memorial service. Uh, I wonder whether or not Yun Yan really knew the matter. This probably draws on Yun Yan's reputation as uh, someone slow. There's a story of uh, Yun Yan's older brother Da Wu uh, sitting outside listening to an interview 
between his younger brother Yunyan and his teacher Yashan. And Yunyan is missing the point over and over again. And his brother sitting outside with his finger in his mouth, biting his finger to the point of drawing blood um, in sheer shame and embarrassment at hearing his younger brother failing to recognise what was right in front of his eyes. So Dongshan now feels the question on behalf of his dead teacher whom he loved and admired. By the way, Dongshan loved Yunyan and thought he was magnificent. So there you go. Um, if he did not know the matter, how could he say it like that? You know, to play a very, very simple piece beautifully, you have to be very accomplished uh, in the pianistically. So, you know, a child can play the piece and you know, it can be beautiful in its way, but to, for, often for the sheerest beauty, an immense experience is necessary to do something very simple and very beautiful. If he did not know the matter, how could he say it like that? Um, the years of struggle, uh, the colossal work of the way. If he knew the matter, how did he dare to say it like that? Yes. Uh, how could he express it so simply, uh, so unadorned? What's the essence of true dharma here? It feels like a barrier, but it's completely open and you can walk right through. How can you do that? Just this person. 